This is the Visionary Collective podcast, helping visionary, purpose-led entrepreneurs and leaders come together to activate their biggest visions and have the unshakable confidence to build a successful and fulfilling life and business that makes a difference in the world. I'm Lisa Mitchell, and I'll be sharing everything you need to create the foundations and growth to build your legacy. You know you are here to do something bigger as part of the Visionary Collective. Hi, and welcome to this episode. So today I want to talk about how to create a visionary organization. And this is actually going to be a theme for the month. And I'm going to start to create the content for the podcast where we have a theme and I have guests talking about that theme because I want to go a bit deeper into some of these topics And they're such big topics. I was sitting here today thinking, wow, this could be a long episode because there's a lot to say, but I'm going to try and summarize it as much as I can. You'll also hear my voice. I've also come down with this horrible cold. I'm hoping that I'm not going to be coughing and spluttering through this either. So the reason I want to talk about this topic is because I want this podcast to not just be inspirational, but also be practical. I want you to be able to put things into practice. And I want you to be able to look at things and say, oh, I can see where we're hitting that mark. I can see the things that we can potentially change. I want to inspire change in organizations because one of the things I'm really passionate about is revolutionizing how we live and work. And for me, if we can start to operate differently in businesses and organizations, we can create massive change in the world. There is such a potential here to create change. And I've been in organizations as a senior leader. I've been a consultant for organizations for a long time. I've worked with both major FMCGs and also a lot of founder-led organizations. So I feel like I've got this broad spectrum view to really be able to help create this change in organizations. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, what is a visionary organization? Because I sometimes throw these terms around and then people say to me, what do you mean by visionary? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I should probably explain that. So what I mean by a visionary organization is an organization that has a vision, has a purpose in the world, is here to create change on the planet. And so when I think about companies like Apple, for example, that's, you know, really disrupted things on the planet and created a whole new market in many ways that didn't exist at all and came from a place of vision and innovation, you know, really created from scratch, right? Something that didn't exist. When I think about somebody like Richard Branson as an entrepreneur who has this brand Virgin, which has an ethos, it has values, it has a vision for, again, making things better in the world, disrupt things, doing new things, you know? So visionary organizations do that. They change something in the world and they do it from a place of vision and mission and passion. So that's really what we're talking about here. So when I was thinking about this also, I was thinking about, okay, how is this different to organizations as they have been in the past? So I'm going to generalize here because, you know, I work with organizations all the way along this spectrum from what I would say are, you know, purely visionary organizations to organizations that come more through that traditional route. And of course, it's much harder to change if you are a big FMCG, you know, organization that's been around a long time against when you're a startup. It's much easier to embody this as a startup, isn't it? Because, you know, you're new, you're fresh, you don't have any of the legacy and the history and the systems and the process to get over. 
So I'm not sort of taking away from, it's a hard journey for big organizations to do this, but I just want to articulate what I think a visionary organization and business looks like versus what we've had in the past in the world. So a visionary organization is led by vision. I mean, it's kind of, I say it's a lot in the title, right? So the visionary organization is led by that vision. It's led by impact. It's led by what they can create in the world. And that creates an extraordinary energy and passion and momentum for the business as a whole and for the people within it. They tend to be about human connection. And again, because, you know, I've joined this small organization, say, because I'm like, oh my God, I love that vision. I really want to be part of it. And I feel that with the organizations that I work with, I hear somebody talk about their vision. I go, oh my God, I really want to help you with that. It feels really exciting. And I know I can help you. So I'm in, right? So I'm making that very human connection. I'm bringing all of me into this party. So there's no sense of kind of professionalism or... I have to be a certain way to fit in here or any of those things. It's really about how I connect, how I be with this organization, how I bring all of myself to it. There's a lot of creativity and innovation in visionary organizations. There's a lot of autonomy and freedom. So, you know, by nature of a startup, if I imagine a startup and what that's like, you know, we are learning as we go. We don't know exactly what we're doing. And actually, if we try to figure that out, it would probably slow us down. So, you know, there is a sense of agility in a new organization. We really want to do that. Let's go for it. We have no idea what the how is. We have no idea of all the steps. And actually, if you knew all the steps, it would probably put you off. So they have that sense of agility and passion and momentum. They learn as they go. You know, a visionary organization is agile. It takes risks. It does things that potentially big organizations would never do because they've got too much to lose. That's not true, but that's the kind of perspective, I guess. And the other thing I would say about visionary organizations is they're very much about the collective and co-creation. So it's kind of how can we come together to create this thing? You know, how can we come together in a way that's powerful? Because again, in new organizations, you don't have loads of people. So everybody needs to pitch in. Everybody needs to help each other. There isn't much room for kind of ego and self-interest, actually, in a startup organization or a fast-growing entrepreneurial organization, because it's kind of all hands to the pump. And you're so close to the source of it, to the founder, to the vision, that you know the right things to do and you take action and you know you're empowered to take action because that's the only way this thing can grow, you know? So these are the characteristics, I think, for a visionary organization, autonomy and freedom, human connection, creativity and innovation, learning as you go and agility, being able to take risks, a connection to the big vision and this collective co-creation. And ultimately that if I work in one of these organizations, I get to bring all of me. You know, people want my ideas, my creativity. They want me to go, hold on a minute, maybe we could do this you know? And that in itself is an amazing thing, isn't it? If I feel like I can bring all of me and I can really connect into what I can bring personally to this story. And I know there's an open forum to bring that in and people are likely to say yes. You know, if I'm connected to the vision, the thing I suggest is probably right because it's connected to the vision. So ultimately, this is about really maximizing the potential, unlocking the potential of each individual and therefore unlocking the collective potential of the organization. 
And to do that, you have to create a sense of trust and autonomy and safety, because we will only stretch as human beings when we feel like there's permission, when we feel trusted, when we feel that's wanted around here. So I hope you can feel into that ethos, that culture, that way of being for organizations as I describe it. And really think about, you know, if you're listening to this as a founder, to listen and say, well, is our organization like that? Can I tick all those boxes? Or, you know, if you're in a bigger organization, can I lead my people that way? Or are there ways that we can start to move down this route? Because the more traditional route is almost the opposite of everything I've just described. You know, a more traditional organization and organizations in the past have been built on control and hierarchy and systems and processes and being professional, fitting in, not rocking the boat too much, you know, fitting into the system. And, you know, very much from a brain perspective, often it kind of loses a connection to vision often along the way. And so it becomes about actions and strategy and tying my strategy in with your strategy and filling in the documents and all of that, rather than really a connection to vision. And because of all of that, it becomes risk averse. You know, people don't take risks and you end up with lots of organizations where people are just doing their jobs. They come in and they do their jobs and you pay them and they go home, you know, and that breaks my heart a little bit because I look at that and think how much potential is sitting in this organization that you're not tapping into? How much do people want to give more in here if you connected them, if you really felt into what they can bring and what's in their heart and soul? What are they not bringing that could be amazing, amazing for this organization? So I'm setting that context up front of like a visionary organization, a traditional organization, so you can feel into where you are on that spectrum. You know, imagine a visionary organization at one end and a more traditional hierarchical organization at the other. And where can you start to move along this visionary path? Because I truly believe that this is the future of organizations and that the organizations that stay with their head in the sand in the old way are not going to be the ones that thrive. So I think this is imperative right now. And I've said this before, that coming out of COVID, coming out of, you know, a lot of change going on in the world recently, that people want to have meaning and purpose in what they do. They want to feel like, actually, I want to go into the office because I love being in there. The energy is fantastic. I love being with my colleagues. We come up with the best ideas when we're in the office versus the company said I have to go three days a week. So I'm going to go, you know, but I don't really want to. I want to be with my kids and, you know, have that freedom and flexibility. We're having to create a whole new dynamic in business now. So how do you create this visionary organization? No, no matter where you are on this scale of like being a solopreneur startup, being a fast growing entrepreneurial company that is starting to build and employ people or your big organization, the skills you need and the way of being that you need is actually not dissimilar. Okay. There'll be nuances in that journey and where you are on the journey, but actually it's not that different. And so I have the advantage of having worked with visionary founders and their organizations. I've worked with early stage entrepreneurs. I've worked with big traditional organizations. So I have a broad experience of all of this. And this led me to create what I call the visionary way. So over time, I've kind of collated all the things that I see visionary founders doing well and where they struggle and where their challenges are so that I can create a model that you can follow. So that if you're thinking, actually, I do want to create this organization, but how the hell do I do it? Then the visionary way is the missing skill set to do that. And the visionary way has five key stages in it. And I'm going to talk about all these in more detail. It's about connection. 
It's about clarity of the vision and where we're going and why. It's clearing the things that are in our way individually and collectively. It's about conscious creation in every moment. So we're always doing things that add value and drive the vision forward. And it's about co-creation and how we bring that potential out in everybody that we work with. So interestingly, as I've gone on this journey for the last, gosh, 17, 18 years, I've realized that a lot of visionaries are a type, you know, and they are, I sometimes describe as having a direct line to the universe. You know, they're creative, they're innovative, they have a thousand ideas a minute. They are connected always to the big vision, the big potential. They just know the right thing to do because they're connected to the vision in terms of what the world needs, but also to what they are bringing, their individual flavor of this. And the interesting thing is they do some things really, really well, and they're also not good at everything. So my experience is that working with founders, that often they're not good at the operational side. A, it bores them and the details bore them. And B, they're not very good at it, actually. And so I see a lot of growing organizations where the founder's been pulled into being operational and then actually loses some of the magic that they bought in the first place. And that's just not the best way to use a visionary founder. So part of this is thinking about how do we allow the founder to be the founder? And then the only way to do that is to allow the vision to cascade through the organization and to create the kind of qualities I talked about at the beginning, which is the autonomy and the trust and the agility and the ability for everybody to lead and be in their potential. If we do that, we free up the founder to do the thing that they need to do. I would say the same for the CEO or the leader of the organization. We free them up to be the ultimate leader, right? And to set the tone and to set the parameters. And we free up everybody else to drive the business with them, to co-create with them. And that's where you get magic. So the first thing I want to talk about in this is connection. And this is the most kind of intangible part of this model and this process. And I I have it sort of as the first step, but actually I realize that this is not really steps. They're just qualities and, and skills that you need to have. And connection really runs through everything. And I happen to be really passionate about connection. And for myself personally, because I love making deep connections with people and feeling connected to my work and my life and the people in it. And also because I feel like it's a human need and desire. I think we all have a desire for deep connection, for that sense of connection to self, to who I am, what I'm here to do in the world, to me as an individual with all my pieces. I also want to feel, or we want to feel a connection to others, again, to have that deep connection and to really feel like I'm, you know, accepted and seen and acknowledged and recognized for who I am. And a connection to a bigger potential. So whether you call that the universe, whether you call that God, whether you call it potential, it's a bigger connection to something outside of me. And, you know, when you're in an organization, I think it's so important to feel connected on all those levels to myself, to others and to the bigger potential at play here. And when we create that sense of connection, and in organizations also connection to the vision, so that I can bring the vision to play, I feel my part in it, I feel excited about it, I really want to bring it into fruition. And as I say, it's such an important part for organizations, and it ties into a lot of conversations that I have with people around trust and psychological safety. 
Because in order to put my heart on the line, which is what we're really talking about, in order to feel vulnerable, in order to show you all the pieces of me, I also need to feel safe and I need to feel that sense of trust and psychological safety. So connection is almost like the foundation, but it's also the thing that sits all around. When we feel connected to the organization, to the vision, to each other, to myself, then we can create amazing things. And that connection then leads to clarity, actually. So clarity on the vision is so important for visionary organizations. And that's an obvious thing to say. But often in the past, when I've got into organizations, they'll say, oh, yes, we've got our vision. We've got it all mapped out. and It's in this lovely PowerPoint or it's stuck on a wall somewhere. But when I talk to people in the organization, they say, "Mm, I kind of get it, but I don't really feel it in the day to day. I don't know what that means to me in my day to day life, in my work. You know, how do I take that and work with it? And so a lot of the challenge for visionaries and visionary organizations is how to activate that vision, how to really bring it to life through others and to make it part of the fabric of the organization. And so a lot of the work that I do with with companies and founders and CEOs is to say, okay, let's tune into this vision. That's the connection piece. Really feel into what, what is this thing that we want to do and why? And then to allow each individual to also connect to it. What does this mean to me? What am I bringing here? Why am I working for this organization versus Joe Bloggs down the road? You know, what is it that brought me here? What's this collective journey that we're on? You know, and that's the clarity of the vision. Once you know that, it's like the rocket fuel under the business, really. And it leads you to all the other pieces. So it also makes you clear then. Okay, so we're clear about where we're going and it's exciting and it's inspiring and it's big. Then what are the things that we really need to do, the big things that we need to do right now in order to deliver that? So it takes out all the fluff. It takes out all the crap. It takes out all the meaningless stuff that we get pulled into doing, particularly in bigger organizations that don't actually drive that vision forward. And that's a big shift in itself for lots of organizations of saying no, of paring down and really being able to do that. Because a lot of what I hear is, yes, we need to do fewer things, bigger and better, but it doesn't happen because people will not take stuff off the table. So that ties into autonomy and all of those things, agility as well. So once you know your vision, so you need to work on the connection, you need to work on the psychological safety, you know, and that takes human conversations. A lot of what I'm doing with organizations is creating that human connection and conversation before we ever talk about the business. Because once we have that, we can create anything, you know, and everybody will bring all of them to the table. So we then look at the vision, as I say, and kind of, you know, what is this big vision? You know, if we really stretch ourselves, we go, what are we here to do? Ultimately, then you create that sense of like, oh my God, that is exciting. That's exhilarating. I want to be part of that. I choose this because you want people to actively choose the vision. You don't want people to just end up there because it seemed like a good job. It was close to home. They got a decent salary. You are never going to create a visionary organization from there. You want people that buy the vision and just can't wait to deliver on it. Once we know that, we can get into what I call clearing. So clearing is then going, okay, so what's in our way? And, you know, clearing is, again, a big topic, but it's, you know, in order to create these visionary organizations, we need people who can do their own personal work on themselves. A lot of the sort of conflict that happens in organizations is because people don't own their own stuff. 
So something triggers them and I blame you. It's your fault. It's not my fault. It's your fault. You know, why are you doing that? Why have you done that to me? That just means that somebody has not done their own work and has not gone on their own journey of growth and evolution and development. So clearing needs to happen at an individual leadership level. That's the kind of leadership piece of it. So I own me and my role and what I create and I don't blame and target other people. But it's also clearing in the sense of actually what's getting in our way here. What means that we're on Zoom meetings, you know, between nine and six every day, even though none of us want that to happen? What's in this culture that's blocking us creating this visionary organization, creating the organization that we want? And so that clearing process is really important because what will happen when you come up with your big vision is people will say, oh, hold on a minute. We can't do that. That's not possible. And all the objections will come up right? So we need to be able to, again, to have that human conversation so that we can clear the pathway. We can allow a clear pathway for this vision to come to life. And once we do that, we can consciously create. So we can really start to say, okay, I know the vision. I'm really clear on that. You know, I've been with the leadership team. We're all excited. They all get it. We've made this human connection, right? This is amazing. We're already creating something different. And by the way, if you create that in your top team, it will filter down because people will see you being different with each other. But the next thing is conscious creation. Like, how do I actually do this day to day? You know, and this is where we have to really ask some hard questions. What am I doing that really drives the vision forward? And what am I doing that doesn't? You know, and can I challenge the status quo here? Can I be the disruptor? Can I be the challenger? Can I be the change maker? And by the way, if that's you, you're totally my tribe because that was always me too. I was always the person saying, uh, why are we doing that? That doesn't make any sense. That's not going to create this thing that we want over here. You know, that's not going to deliver the vision. I was always that person. So if you're in that person, you are in good company in the Visionary Collective. But, you know, it's easy to say and easy to get your head around from a practical perspective. But actually being able to be conscious and make conscious decisions every day takes a lot of awareness. And that's why you also need to do the personal leadership work. It takes a lot to sit with myself and go, okay, I look at my week, I look at my month, I look at my day. What do I need to change? When I connect to the vision, do these things actually deliver the vision or not? And then be able to go and challenge and say, look, this stuff is not adding value. I want to be in a space where I'm adding value. I've done another podcast episode on that if you want to tune into that. So adding value is creating impact. It's creating change. That's what we're trying to do. And so it takes very conscious awareness and confidence and desire to stand up against the system and consciously create what you want to create in a co-creative way. So I'm going to bring co-creation into it now. So the other thing that I am so passionate about organizations is this concept of co-creation. And I'm going to talk about it briefly here. You'll find more detail on this in other episodes. But co-creation says that I stand in my power, you stand in your power, and we co-create together. It's almost like a triangle. You know, here's me in my power, here's you in yours. And what's this thing that we come together to do? So there is no compromise. There is no merging. There is no codependency. There is no blame and judgment, right? Now, do we fall into those things? Sometimes, of course we do, because we're all human. And then I go away and do my personal work on myself. Okay. But co-creation, I really believe is the new way in business. 
And again, you can feel as I describe these qualities that they're all kind of interlinked. So to co-create, I need to be connected. You know, to powerfully co-create in a business, we need a strong vision. To co-create in a way that doesn't have ego, we need to bring that human element in. You know, I described this before in another episode, how I work with my clients. And when somebody approaches me to work with them, particularly if it's me versus my team of coaches, I really feel into it. Does it feel exciting to me? When I go and do a bit of research and I look on their website, I think, wow, there's something in that company that I really want to investigate. Like I only take on two or three companies a year that I do big projects with for myself personally. My other coaches are amazing and they do the other pieces. And so for me, I'm like, does it resonate with me? Do I feel excited? Am I going to want to talk to these people month in, month out for the next year? You know? And so it's really important to me that those people are people that inspire me and where I, you know, they inspire me and I can see where they're stuck and I can see where I can add value. I can see the pieces that I can move that they can't move on their own. So it becomes kind of like a recipe. You know, you have your amazing vision, your business, or your expertise in your field. And what I bring in is this knowledge and experience of how to create change and transformation in organizations. And I can only do that with organizations that I feel aligned with and passionate with. Otherwise, it kills my energy and I just can't do it. And actually, when you kill your energy in one aspect of your life, it impacts on everything else. You know, you've heard me say before that energy is everything. So I've realized now I cannot take on clients I don't feel passionately about because it will kill my energy and then that will ripple out. And I start to see my business slow down. I start to see it impact my relationships and it all goes to pot, basically. So (laughs) the more conscious you become, not just practically, but actually energetically of your energy and the impact it has, and you take ownership of that and you create around that, the more brilliance and abundance and results you will see in your life. So this is a whistle-stop tour through creating a visionary organization. I'm conscious already that this is longer than some episodes I record because I try and keep them about 20 minutes. I know for my audience, you're busy people and, you know, yes, you can listen to it on the school run, but you still have to make the conscious time, right? Or the commute or whatever you do, but you still have to make the conscious time. So this has got so many layers in it. I've been working around this for a long time and coming up with a visionary way and all of those things and, you know, bringing this into organizations. And even for myself, as I talk about it all, I'm like, wow, there's a lot in this. I have literally just scratched the surface. (laughs) So, you know, I hope as you listen, you're taking nuggets away that mean that you can connect and go, oh, okay, I see. I see the pieces that we're strong at. And I see the pieces where, you know, actually we're not, and we need to put some focused effort into, in order to release all the potential, in order to maximize your impact in the world and to create abundance and financial success for everybody in the organization. So if that's you, then do reach out to me because, you know, we are really creating a movement here of visionary organizations and what I call the visionary collective. So I'm running a new mastermind, it's invitation only. So again, I have to feel that resonance with you to come on it. But if you're interested, do reach out to me. We have the Visionary Collective on Facebook. And I'm also working with 
organizations and boards and CEOs over kind of like a 12-month time period to really embed this visionary way into your organizations and to do it in a bespoke way, obviously, so it really fits your culture. So if you're listening to this thinking, wow, I definitely need another conversation on this, then do reach out to me. You've got all the contact details on the podcast, so you can see my email, et cetera, et cetera, in the show notes. So do reach out to me if you're feeling like, wow, I, I really get this and I can feel there's a potential for us and I would love to know more. I'm always up for conversation because this is not just a business for me. It's a mission, a vision. So I'm always happy to have a chat and to help you if I can and to, you know, to support this movement as we build it moving forward. So do reach out to me if that feels right for you. Thank you for listening to the Visionary Collective podcast with myself, Lisa Mitchell. If you're a visionary founder or leader and want to transform your business, please do get in touch at lisa at lisamitchell.co.uk.